Hey, what's going on, everyone? We are so glad you're choosing to take time out of your day to listen to our sermons. Our prayer for you is that these messages would not replace your belonging to a local church, but would only be supplemental in your walk with Jesus. With that being said, we love you, and we hope you enjoy the message today. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to South Valley. It is an opportunity to worship our God. So come to your feet from where you are, and let's give him some praise this morning. Come on. Dawn of creation, this world has been crying out for a hero to save us. We long for the supernatural. There is only one God that saved the day. So clear the stage, prepare the way. Heaven and earth are singing. Glory, hallelujah. Let the whole world see the greatness of our God. In awesome wonder, He reigns forever. We know the greatness of our God. His power is endless. He lives within us. We know the greatness of our the stage, prepare the way, cause heaven and earth are singing, glory, hallelujah, let the whole world see the greatness of our God, in awesome wonder, he reigns forever, we know
give the Lord some praise this morning. Lift it up. He is our hope, the light of the world, what we can lean on through all circumstances. Let's continue to praise him. Come on.
God praise. In all circumstances, that is the hope we hold on to, that Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. So even though we may be facing difficult, difficult times, we know that he will make a way. So let's continue to worship him. Come on. Healing every heart 
come before the Lord this morning, whatever you are holding on to, whatever you are trying to control, whatever you have fear of, God is a God who makes a way through everything. That is who he is. So as we have sung this song and proclaimed that truth, claimed the victory through Christ, I want you to stand at home. I want you to lift both hands up in surrender to the Lord. And whatever you're dealing with, say, God, I give it to you. Make a way, not my way, but your way. Proclaim that truth. Break that stronghold. And allow God to work and make a way for you. Come on, lift these words up. Come on. We sing it. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Every voice, hands raised up to the Lord, sing it. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. One more time, all together, come on, sing. Waymaker, miracle worker, Promise keep light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Amen. Give the Lord a shout out. Give him praise. He is mighty and should be praised at all times. God, we come before you and we lean on your truth, your word, your strength, your victory. Pray that you would make a way through all circumstances, Lord. Help us to realize that you hold our lives in your hand and that whatever we're dealing with, Lord, you are bigger than any of our problems. So I pray for every heart that is hearing this time. I pray for every heart that will be drawn to you, Lord, that as we look into your word, you will reveal yourself in a unique way to each and every one of us that we would hear you speaking to us, Lord. I pray for hearts that don't know you, for hearts that are distant from you, Lord, that you would draw them to you you would make a way in their life, Lord. If there is even one heart that doesn't understand who you are, the price you paid through your son, Jesus Christ, Lord, I pray for that very heart. They would hear your voice and they'd be drawn to you and a lot of life would be changed today, giving you glory. Thank you for an opportunity to lift our voices up in praise. Pray that we would keep this day centered on you and allow you to be glorified in all things we do, Lord. Let your name be praised. We give it all to you. Amen. South Valley, what's going on, you guys? Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. We are glad that you are here, and we pray that this time is a blessing to you. Over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking to you about how we are partnering with the city of Lemoore. On the night of the 31st, the city's having their drive-through trunk or treat, and we, South Valley, are working toward blessing their socks off with all kinds of candy, all of the candy. So for all of you who have donated so far, thank you so much for doing so. If you are still interested in donating candy, you can. We still have about a little bit of time left. You can do so by coming to our Sunday morning worship service that's outdoor, and we'll have a, a couple buckets out there. And then also just during the week, right in front of the church office, 25 Willow Drive, and you can drop off your candy there. So that's one way you can be a blessing. Also, the Children's Ministry Department has been preparing for Glowween, which is going to be happening at South Valley. It is a drive-through scavenger hunt. 
Now at six o'clock, right in front of the worship center doors, you're going to see some familiar faces there. You're going to see Pastor Ron and Miss Reagan who are ready and available for all of you SBCC kids families to come and uh, get some instructions about how you can take a scavenger hunt through the city. You're going to be going to seven different locations. And so you definitely want to check that out, you guys. It's going to be a lot of fun. On the 31st, there's going to be more info about that available on the SBCC Kids Facebook page. So we'll put the link to that right there for you. And then finally, everybody, we have a, a, just a fantastic update from one of our strategic partners, uh, Global Ministries, that we have supported for many years. And my dear friend Katrina Morshead is going to give you, as the missions director, she's going to give you uh, a little bit of an update of what's happening in Kenya with our friends there and what God is doing. Um, and it's such a beautiful opportunity here. So I'm going to pass things off to her. You guys have a great day and we love you guys so much. Have a great day. Good morning, South Valley. It is always a pleasure to be able to give you an update on how our friends at Faraha Community Foundation are doing. Since I was not able to go on my trip in June, I have been constantly keeping in contact with David and the rest of the staff there to make sure that they are doing well and that um, if there's any way that we can be praying for them. Recently, though, David's brother Victor has been posting communications and beautiful photographs on what's going on there and so I would like to read you just a bit of what he posted just so that you can get a sense as to how they are truly doing. So he writes, the children stream back to school after a very long break with glowing faces beaming with happiness, almost seven months to be precise. We really missed them and couldn't wait to welcome them back. Pupil after pupil, their innocent smiles and cheerful demeanor have been greatly missed. Let's just say they are the life of the school. And so not only at the primary school, but at the high school as well, the dormitories, which we had so faithfully helped them successfully build, they can return back to them. And so as we look at our next steps, how we can continue to support our friends at Faraha, this time of year is when we typically have our annual Breaststrokes for Hope event where we raise money to ensure that they are supported and that they can continue to do what they need to do um, to give their kids an education and the families what they need. However, this year, like everything else, we have to modify that. We have to make changes. So this year, instead of attending an event, we are going to have a virtual Breaststrokes for Hope online fundraiser from November 2nd through the 6th, spending the week with our global friends. You will have the opportunity to bless these children with your sponsorship special donation. So either today or throughout this week, if you could please go above and beyond your generous giving that you already do for the kingdom of God, and bless these children as they reopen the school. We are standing together with our partners through thick and thin. Thank you guys for your prayers and your support. <laughs> wow, what a Sunday morning, guys. Awesome worship, John and the team. And then Katrina, thank you for that update. And guys, you have been so faithful for 11 years You've been supporting Faraha in Nairobi in Haruma Slum and just delighted as they start to reopen that you get a chance to 
bless them. And obviously, to get reopened and social distanced and sanitation takes a little bit extra funding. And just delighted that you and Katrina, as South Valley's missions coordinator, uh, drew that to your attention. And remember, you can write your check to SVCC and memo it for Faraha. And uh, those monies will go to Faraha to help them as they reopen and you continue to stand with them. So thank you, Katrina, and look forward to hopefully people from Lamore getting to Haruma with us in 2021 because 2020 didn't happen. Okay, Get the Christmas tree up and let's get to the next year. Uh, but hey, this is uh, What's So Amazing About Grace Part 5. And uh, thank you, Seth and Frank, for the last couple of weeks as I've been on the road. And thank you for holding the fort and preaching so well. And uh, I want to preach a little bit different this morning. And I don't know if you can see it, but I've got some props here uh, that we're going to talk about. Uh, some of you this morning have experienced being left out, being kicked out, being counted out. And maybe for some, it was an employer that kicked you out from your job, or maybe it was a spouse that showed you the door, or maybe it was a parent or a teacher or a coach that pulled you off, that counted you out. And for some, words weren't actually said, but you knew, you sensed, and so you left before they could say the words. And for a few, we eliminated ourselves, disgusted with ourselves or shamed with what we did. We counted ourselves out. Some of you this morning maybe feel that not only have people counted you out, but so has God. And you live with the doubt and the struggle of not only trying to get back in the race with regards to other people, but you're also trying to get back in with God. It, it would seem to you that God prefers everybody else over you. So, here's what we're going to do this morning. I'm going to do a careful and hopefully a very clear explanation of how you get in how you join in the amazing grace invitation that God is offering. And to illustrate this message, I've got a couple of common items with me that probably are in your home. And the question that I want to ask is, would you be able to use each of these if you needed to? Like, do you have what might be called a practical working knowledge? of these items, because just to recognize it and not be able to use it doesn't do you much good. So, the first item I've got is my toolbox. Yeah, this is it. Like, I think real men have bigger toolboxes than this here with lots of… This is mine, okay? And it's a new one because every time I move house, I forget to take it with me, and so my boys for Christmas always get me a new one. And uh, now, those of you who know me, you know that I'm mechanically dysfunctional. As some maybe would say, and they're doing it as a sort of insult, I'm, I'm too heavenly minded to be of any earthly use. I, 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 don't have a, I don't have a clue what to do with these tools. Uh, one time, I went away for a couple of days break, and when I arrived home and opened the garage door, I was stunned because a then friend had built some new cabinets for me in the garage, and then just above the work counter, he was, he'd built a row of like seven or eight screwdrivers and six or seven wrenches, to which I replied, who are they for? <laughs> you know, I have the cleanest workbench in the country and the softest hands, <laughs> okay? I, I can recognize the tools, but 
not to know how to use them, I really have no idea. Like, even sometimes I struggle with light bulbs, okay? That's how mechanically dysfunctional I am, okay? And then I have something else here, and I'm sure you've got this here, okay? It's the TV remote. Uh, this thing frightens me, okay? Like I counted them, it has 56 buttons. I think I know what five of them do. I'm told by others who know that what this control can do that is quite amazing. In fact, if you know the right buttons to press, it can practically raise your kids for you. Now, my ignorance doesn't bother me. I, like, I, like, I don't feel less of a man. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to go to my grave without ever having realized my potential as a remote control operator. Uh, uh, when that day comes and, and the paramedics come to take me away, uh, my cold, clammy body, uh, they will write down as the time of death as 12 o'clock, because that's the time that will be flashing on the clock of my DVR box. <laughs> I don't know how to set that either. And, and here's, here's why I raise these issues, okay? There's a point to all this. There's a difference between just recognizing something and having a practical working knowledge of it. And here's why I'm laboring this point. My concern is that for some people listening today, you've got some thoughts on God, some ideas about it, some church history, but you don't really have a practical working understanding of what it takes to become a follower of Jesus, what we would call a Christian. Do you know with precision how someone goes about being in a right standing with God? What exactly does it take to receive forgiveness from God? And maybe you've been listening into our talks, what's so amazing about grace and what grace is all about, and, and I, I want to make sure that you know how to receive God's grace, what it means to become a Christian, what it takes to be in a right standing with God and to live with His full forgiveness and the full assurance and knowledge that you're going to be with Him forever. So, I'm going to try to explain it. And then I'll give, at the end, maybe some moments to ask you to make a decision and to think about receiving God's grace. And some of you haven't done that before. For some of you, this is the day, your day to reach out and take and enjoy God's strawberry of grace that we talked about in the first preach, and enter into a new and a living relationship with Jesus Christ. So, I'm going to walk you through it and then give you a chance to respond. But let me use another and, and, sorry, let me use another prop, okay? And this one, <laughs> this one here is a t-shirt with a stain on it. Now, it's not blood, folks, okay? But it's just red food coloring because that's the only coloring I could find to stain a t-shirt because I don't have any stained t-shirts because I'm British and we don't spill, okay? But I know that for some of you, You've not yet mastered the art of chips and salsa, okay? And every time you, you spill the salsa, uh, the message of Christianity, uh, how you open yourself up to receive God's grace is to accept the truth. And here's the truth. I'm stained in my soul, in my heart. And so are you and so am I. And one of the primary ways that the Bible talks about God's offer of salvation 
of forgiveness, of new life, is it's the image of cleansing. Because not so much a stained t-shirt, but we have a soul stained that needs cleansing. Every time I gossip, every time I slander another person behind their back and I hurt that person, I don't only hurt the person that I'm talking to, I hurt myself, and even more, I hurt God. And every time I deceive someone, and every time I cheat on my expense account or on my taxes or, or on my spouse, and every time I indulge in a racist attitude or every time I'm involved in selfish behavior and every time I lie and every time I'm gluttonous and every time I lash out in temper, every time I use words that I know will unfairly inflict pain on a friend or on a child, or on a child, or on an enemy. That's another stain, and another stain, and another stain. And every time I don't act, every time I ignore the poor, or every time I fail to care, or every time I don't act with kindness or love, sins of omission as well as sins of commission. And here's the real important truth. I cannot remove the guilt, the stain, by myself. Now, we try. We all try. By self-importance, by reforming our character, by going to church, by, by praying, by, by trying to be a good person, but the stain is too deep. It's right inside of us. Listen to the words that Jesus shared in Mark's gospel, chapter 7, verse 21. What comes out of a person is what makes you unclean. For from within, out of people's hearts come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, envy, slander, arrogance. All these evils come from inside and make a person unclean. In other words, they pollute us. They stain us, not on the outside, but on the inside. You see, we think our sins are pretty harmless. Yeah, I mean, there's some whopping big sins, heinous sins, maybe murder or stealing from old ladies, but, but you don't really do them. Therefore, our sins are pretty small, maybe like what the Catholic tradition would call venial sins, not the big mortal sins, but ones, ones that wouldn't make you rot in hell, but maybe others that would make you endure purgatory, like, like living in Selma, you know? But the Bible is absolutely clear on this. There are the sins that we do, but there is the sin not sins, but the sin that is within us. And that sin, seen in our sins, that sin pollutes, that sin stains us. The image of God that we were created in is vandalized, is graffitied over. And it's a serious stain. Our, our human nature, its very self, is stained. 
And this is why we so struggle with, with a guilty conscience. And, you know, even if we clean up our outward act, we know that we still think and desire and imagine wrong things. It's right in at the core of our being. And this is not the way it's supposed to be. God's design was that we would be people who reflect His image. And His image is always truth and deep love and amazing mercy and constant goodness. But the stain has damaged and polluted what God designed and created. In the Bible, God says these words in the Old Testament. Jeremiah was the prophet, chapter 2, verse 22. He says these words, no amount of soap can make you clean. You are stained with guilt that cannot be washed away. I, the sovereign Lord, have spoken. That's a, that's a damning word. Humankind have not only vandalized the image of God in which we were created, but we've also decided to recreate the image of God. I think many people see God in a similar way that we see Santa Claus. He, he's making a list. He's checking it twice. He's going to find out who's naughty and nice. And in your head, God has a list of the good you do and the bad things you do. And as long as the good is bigger than the bad and God grades on a curve, you're okay. You're in. But this is not the picture that God paints of Himself in Holy Scriptures. God writes, the wages of sin, Romans chapter 6, the wages of sin is death. God is holy. God is just. God is perfect. And the standard that He has drawn for human beings to be in a relationship with Him is not 51% pass rate, not more good than bad, but the standard that He has set is perfect, absolute goodness. This means that you and I are up the creek without a paddle. We're stained and far from absolutely good. Now, let me come to my next prop. <laughs> this is my laptop computer. This is an amazing machine. This machine has more memory capacity than all of us put together. I could literally type words on it for seven weeks constantly, and it would store all the words in its memory. But it has one button. One button you're not supposedly to unknowingly hit. Clumsily, I have, and the following Sundays have been lousy messages. It's the delete button. One button, one hit and it can wipe out all the memory. <laughs> Wouldn't it be wonderful if life came with a delete button? How many words have you spoken that you wish you could take back? How many things you've done that you'd wish you'd never done? How many stupid acts you'd wish you'd thought about more before you acted or texted? Of course, my computer's memory is still pretty limited compared to the unlimited storage capacity of God. Every word, every deed, every action, every thought, every desire, every motive, 
for my entire life, every single one of them stored. And listen to these striking verses from the Bible, Romans chapter 14. So then, we will all give an account of ourselves to God. Or in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive what is due them for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. We have stained souls. God knows every detail of the stain, and we're going to be held accountable for such. Those sins, that stain, that block your route to God, closes you out from a relationship with God, removes you from His presence, eliminates you from God's race, and there's nothing you can do to fix it. Nothing. You can try, but it will not work. Holy God, sinful you, blocked, eliminated. This is the system of religion. Work our way to God's forgiveness. Earn our mercy. Gain enough credits to offset the bad, but it will not work because you cannot remove the stain. You can try to hide it. You can try to cover it up. You can try to point out people with a bigger, greater stains, but the stain still remains. The stain is on the inside. You can't get rid of it. Let me come to my final prop, because everything up to this point has not been good news. But my final point takes me back to the first preach on the series, the bowl of strawberries. Here's the good news. God has done something, not you. God has done something to change our dilemma. This is called the gospel, Greek for good news. And this now gets right to the core of Christianity. God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to live and to teach us on earth, and Jesus lived without sin. He showed us what life could be, and when Jesus went to the cross, He died on the cross. And the Bible says that when that happened, what was going on is that Jesus, in a sense, was paying a penalty that you and I cannot pay. My life was headed towards death apart from God's help, and so was your life. But Jesus died the death that I should by rights have died, you too. And in doing this, he was paying the penalty to God that I could never pay, paying the moral indebtedness that I would never be able to pay off, you either, and offering us the opportunity to be cleansed. This is the way the Bible talks about it. Listen into 1 John in the New Testament. Now, there are other passages and other pictures of what the cross has done regarding evil and justice and ransom, but, but listen to what the, the Apostle Paul or the Apostle John wrote. John says in 1 John chapter 1, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. <laughs> you can be clean not on the basis of your good works, 
not because of what you've, what you've done or, or what you can earn or about how much money you can give. You can be clean no matter how badly you're stained, no matter what it is that, 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 that you've done in the past, however awful that may seem. The blood of Jesus is wholly adequate to cleanse you and me from sin. This is the heart of Christianity. How does God handle the, stale, the stain factor? Through the cross through the shed blood of His Son. It's that simple. The Bible says that God longs to remove from our records all of the guilt and all of the wrongdoing and all of the foolish and bad and hurtful things that we've said and done. God longs to forgive, not because you pile up some good string of good works, but because of His grace. It's a gift fully expressed in His Son, Jesus Christ, His death on the cross. God just wants to wipe it, wipe it clean from your record. There's a statement about this again from the Bible, again from the book of Jeremiah, where God talks about His longing to forgive us, and He says, For I will forgive their iniquity, sin, and remember their sin. No, listen to that. Listen to those words. For I will forgive their iniquity, and remember their sin no more. God says, and remember your sin no more. It's gone from God's memory. It's like it never happened. It's become irrelevant in your relationship with Him. This cleansing of our stain, making us able to become truly human, be who God created us to be, give us true life, full life, eternal life, this deleting of our sins, God no longer holding that against us, God looking at us and seeing us as not sinful, but whole, but good, but perfect. This cleansing and this deleting is not because we deserve it. It's because of the strawberry of God's grace. His amazing grace. Eat the strawberry. Eat the strawberry. Now, it's very important. It's very important that you understand the comprehensive nature of the forgiveness that's offered through Jesus. It's important for you to understand how amazing His grace is. <laughs> it covers everything in your whole life from when you were born. Whatever sin that you've committed in your past, no matter how big or bad it looks and feels to you, whatever sin happened today and whatever sin is going to happen in the future, God's offer of forgiveness through Jesus' shed blood on the cross covers it all. Now, of course, that is not an invitation or a license to sin in the future. When anybody comes to understand what Jesus' life is about and His offer of new life, there comes increasingly this realization that sin is bad and I want to be free from it. But that freedom doesn't happen in a day or a week or a month or a year. I'm going to have to wrestle with that sin for as long as I live, but I'm not going to sin just willy-nilly. I'm going to understand the, the cost to God because of my sins. 
But you need to understand this. The blood of Jesus that was shed for you and that cleanses you from sin is the only price that needs to be paid for your forgiveness. Sometimes Christianity and religion has got this wrong, and there's more we've got to do, and there's more we've got to add to it. There is nothing else that needs to be added to it, and it covers every sin of your past and of this day and of every day until the day you die. It's the comprehensive assurance of God's forgiveness and God's grace. God just stands there saying, I want to punch the delete button. I'm going to cleanse your record from now through that day that, that, that you die. Will you just say yes? Will you just take from me this gift of forgiveness that I'm offering? Amazing. Unbelievable nearly. And there are people who understand it, but they never give God the word. They never say, God, just punch it out. God, I want to be forgiven based on what Jesus did for me. Some people, they're not willing to say those words. God offers you innocence, a clean record before Him. I will remember your sins no more. I tell you, that makes me the happiest person alive. God is choosing to not remember my sins, and there's many. The offer of life and salvation at the core of Christianity is an offer to be cleansed by the blood of Christ. It's an offer to be forgiven of your sins by God because of His grace, amazing grace. But you have to take it. And today, for the first time, some of you maybe need to reach out and embrace that amazing grace and eat the strawberry. Let me finish with a story. It's a very helpful story that tries to illustrate what this grace is like and how you take it. Jean-Francois Gravelet, better known as Blondin, was a famous tightrope walker and acrobat. He was perhaps best known for the many crossings of a tightrope 1,100 feet high above the Niagara Falls. His act would be watched by large crowds, and the act began relatively simple with him using a balancing pole and walking across the Niagara Falls. And then he would throw the pole away and he began to amaze the onlookers with the tricks that he could do on that narrow tightrope strung across the Niagara Falls. On one occasion, back in the 19th century, a royal party from Britain went to watch Blondin perform. He, he crossed the tightropes on stilts, and then he crossed the tightrope blindfolded, and then he stopped halfway to cook and eat an an omelet on the rope. And then he wheeled a wheelbarrow from one side to the other as the crowd. He put a sack of potatoes into the wheelbarrow and wheeled that across and back. The crowd cheered louder and louder. And then history says, he approached the royal party and he asked the Duke of Newcastle, do you believe 
that I could take a man across the tightrope in this wheelbarrow. <laughs> yes, I do, said the Duke. Hop in, replied Blondin. And the crowd fell silent. And the Duke of Newcastle would not accept Blondin's challenge. He wouldn't get in the barrel. Is there anybody else here, Blondin asked, who believes I could do it? No one was willing to volunteer until eventually an old woman stepped out of the crowd and climbed into the wheelbarrow. And Blondin wheeled her all the way across and all the way back. And the old woman? The old woman was Blondin's mother. The only person willing to put her life in his hands. So here's my question. Grace is amazing. God's salvation through the gift of His Son by His death on the cross is absolutely incredible. God, in graciousness, is holding out a bowl of strawberry and saying, take the strawberry, trust in me, receive the cleansing, have the stain cleansed, the delete button hit, and be in a right relationship with me and know that I will remember your sins no more. Trust me. But you've got to reach out and take the strawberry. You've got to place your faith in Him. You willing to do it? Are you willing to believe? Are you willing to trust? Are you willing to place your life in His gracious gift? A moment of decision. And to end this service online, I'm going to just ask you to bow your heart and I'm going to use some words of prayer that you could make as your prayer as you take that step to move from a, a theory of understanding God to embracing the gracious gift that He gives to know that you are forgiven and you've received His amazing grace. Let's quieten our hearts. And as we quieten our hearts, God, We look inside our souls and we confess that there's a stain inside of us. And sometimes that stain is seen in the acts that are sinful that we do. And sometimes they're hidden, but we know that that sin still has within us desires and attitudes that are wrong and sinful. And we've known this for a while, or we've just come to realize this in the last few days. But we bow in your presence and we acknowledge and confess that we are sinful, stained, and we need cleansing and forgiveness. And we know, God, that we can't clean ourselves up, 
We can't reform ourselves enough. We can't change our behavior enough. There's nothing we could do, God, that would take away that stain. And so in faith, we reach out our hand to embrace your hand, trusting in the revelation of Scripture and in the death of your Son on a cross, knowing that He was the perfect Son of God who did not have a sin-stained soul. And when He died, He died as a sacrifice to cleanse and forgive us. And by faith, we reach out and we take hold of that death for us and we take hold of His sacrifice for us. And His blood that was shed on that cross 2,000 years ago, by faith this morning we believe that that cleanses our sin. And we by faith trust in your salvation. And from this day on, God, we will live in the good of your amazing grace, seek to glorify you and live for you, knowing how precious we are to you and the cost you paid for our salvation. This is our prayer. And we make it in faith, trusting in Jesus Christ as our Savior. His name we pray. Amen. And if you've made that prayer, then please let us know either on the church app or contact the office so that we can guide you into a small group or the next steps as you seek to deepen that understanding of faith and relationship with God. And we look forward to in the coming weeks, either online again or here on our campus on Sunday mornings, joining with us as part of this church to celebrate and to worship and to praise the God who offers us all amazing grace. May God richly bless you. Have a great week, and we'll see you soon. God bless.